0: Thank you. Welcome back to the Raider Report podcast, everyone. My name is Nick Benvenuto. I'm the news editor for the Right State Guardian. Joined as always by Holly Hewlett, social media assistant. Hey, everyone. Claire O'Toole, social media assistant. Hi. And this week we also have uh, Jamie Naylor. She's a contributing writer for the Right State Guardian. Jamie, how are you doing? Hello. <laughs> welcome to the podcast for your first time ever. I hope that you decide to come back more often. It's always fun working and talking with you. So welcome, welcome. And we also have a uh, couple special guests with us this week. We have Emily Yantis Hauser, Wright State Intercultural Specialist of the LGBTQA Plus Center and also adjunct faculty member for Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies. Emily, how are you doing today?
1: Hello, doing well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to join you this evening.
0: We have Kristen Brewer, president of Taiga Affinity Group and also student ambassador for Women, Gender, and Sexualities department. How are you doing today?
2: I am unicorns and rainbows. Thank you very much for having me.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. And we also have Jules Naylor, the PR director for the Rainbow Alliance and director of Unicorn Ship. Jules, how are you doing today?
3: Hello. Um, I'm very excited to be here. It's, it's um, been a busy weekend and this is like just the thing to be doing on a Sunday night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is what we all do on a Sunday night. We, we love doing these podcast episode. And I really do want to go ahead and tell you guys before it starts that I really do appreciate you being here. It really does mean a lot. Um, and yeah, we'll go ahead and get this thing started. Holly, do you want to go ahead and start us off?
4: Absolutely. So uh, all three of you, Emily, Kristen and Jules, what is kind of like your role at Wright State kind of describing what you guys do?
2: I am a student. I'm a junior and I do double major, so I'm a Women Gender and Sexuality Studies and Sociology double major at Wright State wow. with with a minor in English literature. And <laughs> that's of, awesome. My function for for how I've sort of grown into the department is is, you know, I think of school as that place that embraces LGBTQ people has been my mm-hmm. experience in modern America and the way that things are going. So I sort of grew into a place of being like um, big sibling, helping other students get excited about the degree. I go around and I talk to other classes, and I try to get people to sign up as a minor, or if you know, heaven forbid, they be a major and try to pursue this, you know, as a as a main. Goal in their career focus, but I try to even loop people in with with the idea that you know even as a minor, you'll have all this diversity training that can translate to any other degree. And I'm I'm, I'm like the WGS saleswoman.
1: That's actually an awesome segue. So Kristen is selling me and the program that I <laughs> <laughs> and the program that I work for, um, along with LGBTQA. Um, so yeah, um, I serve as the only full-time staff member um, serving the LGBTQA community on campus. Um, And so my day-to-day is um, supporting students, faculty, and staff, um, and uh, providing services and support around our mission. So providing education, um, resources... You know, also being in the classroom, so both of my positions really coincide together. Um, So I teach two different courses on campus right now. So right now you can find me in um, WGS 1000, uh, which is Sexual Health and Diversity. Or um, I'm also teaching SOC 3610, which is Sociology of Gender. Um, So all all around, all over campus, um, supporting women, gender, and sexuality in a myriad of ways.
3: Hi, everyone. Um, so I am a third year student at Wright State, kind of a junior, kind of a senior. Eh, who cares? Um, and then I am a psychology major and a French and sexuality studies minor. Um, and so I am the public relations director for Rainbow Alliance, and I am the peer mentor coordinator for the Office of LGBTQA Affairs, um, a Unicornship program the peer mentorship program there. Um, And so, yeah, what my day-to-day looks like is obviously lots of learning uh, in the classroom Um, and uh, going into, like, the office and everything. um, I help to run the Rainbow Alliance meetings. Um, So I, I, like, facilitate um, discussions through those, and I, like, create Uh, meetings for those. um, I also like run the social media pages for Rainbow Alliance. Um, So, you know, you'll see me on (laughs) Facebook and Instagram and all that. Um, Very active in the Discord we have. Um, Yeah. And then for like the Office of LGBTQA Affairs, um, I um, basically just like, I don't know, just just run the peer mentor program. So, um, you know, I put mentor and mentee pairs together and uh, create programming and events for not only um, my mentors and my mentees, but also the LGBTQA community on campus as a whole. Um, and yeah, everything associated with that kind of, I'm, I'm just kind of all around um, these days. So yeah.
4: <laughs> That's really awesome. You guys, you guys sound like you have some very busy schedules, <laughs> but it all sounds like fun. Um, So, Kristen and Joel, you both said you're uh, juniors or third years, uh, but Emily, how long have you been at Wright State?
1: Um, So, this is a fun question. Um, I've kind of evolved throughout Wright State. So, I started there in um, 2005 as a student. Um, And so, I then became an alumni in 2009. Um, I have my undergrad in women's studies, what was then women's studies. And then left for grad school and took a few years. Um, I was living outside of Philadelphia going to school and um, came back to teach in 2016, I believe. Um, So I've been with the Women, Gender and Sexuality Studies Department for the last few years. And then just recently um, was asked to serve as the interim um, assistant director for LGBTQA. And, and just the past few months started permanently as the intercultural specialist. So I've been through all of the different, <laughs> all of the different roles that you can hold on Wright State's campus, and I'm um, super happy to continue doing so. That's awesome. Um, so all
4: three of you again, what kind of is your day-to-day routine at the university, and how has COVID like kind of affected your role?
2: Um, I can go there real quick and just throw my little piece and I feel like everything that's going on with with the virus and our social world at school has been very dramatically interrupted. I feel like it's taken me personally like out of the the headspace of classes, my success rate has gone down. I don't think that, you know, sitting at home and having a bunch of time on your hands is 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 really like Representative of what we've actually gone through, like we've sat at home and panicked, we've sat at home and been afraid and depressed. I feel like as the campus slowly wakes back up, and as people are vaccinated and as people feel safer, we'll start to see like the the culture shift back to what it was when my day to day started at, at 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 WSU and mm-hmm. all of the local campuses. I have friends at Sinclair and. I feel like we'll get back to a normal, our day-to-day will be normal, but I feel like most people's day-to-day at campus right now, you'd have to ask very specific people who are there. Most of us are not there. Most of us are remote learning, barely actually getting through classes still, and mm-hmm. trying trying to struggle to get back on track is what I'd say most people's day-to-day is. That's my day-to-day anyway. Struggling to keep my head above water and to make sure that I can still attend class, <laughs> basically. Yeah, Yeah, I I I totally
5: agree.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, I feel like as a staff person, like sort of in the middle, like on the fence, um, I feel similarly to Kristen on some days. It's my job to um, like continue providing support and programs um, to to students. And so I've had to um, be really flexible. Um, Be really available. I try to be as available as possible. Um, I am on campus every like uh, a couple times a week now Um, Just I think just started this semester really Um, but yeah had to change how I Interact with with everyone um, And how to continue letting folks know that we're here. We are um, We can help with all kinds of issues. We can still do those things even digitally Um, but I also, um, have to give like a huge shout out and this will kind of Jules can speak more to this. Um, but huge shout out to my student leaders who have picked up, um, and just like carried through, um, they have a really awesome online presence through discord. They're continuing to do their meetings that way, as Jules mentioned. And, um, that has been really awesome. Like that is totally them. Um, And so I've, I've just followed their lead. Right. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and just gone where the students are and um, yeah. So still, still being a part of everything I can be um, just mostly in a virtual world um, and staying connected to my coworkers is important. Like we um, the other intercultural specialists and directors in the culture and identity centers, we, you know, we talk daily on text, we have virtual meetings, we just keep in touch where some of us are in the office together. Um, so yeah, we've, we've just tried to continue forward as much as possible um, while also being mindful of what everyone is going through, um, ourselves personally, but also our students um, and be as flexible, especially as a faculty member Um, be as flexible as I can be.
3: I reflect what um, both of them said, but also like, it's just, it's just plain weird. Um, Honestly, it's very quiet, which is, um, you know, not something I'm used to personally having lived on campus for, you know, all my years now and worked on campus as well. Um, And so I think it's, it's very um, weird because like we personally, like Rainbow Alliance, we're not having a lot of, you know, we don't have in-person meetings, you know, and we we don't see each other on a weekly basis. Um, We, you know, don't have in-person events uh, that are, um, you know, in-person events for all of the uh, people on campus. And so, um, you know, I'm hearing a lot of um, people being burned out by, you know, zoom calls and, uh, mm-hmm. technology, um, and everything. And I,
0: I know I definitely am. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. You're here. 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 Oh, Literally.
5: Literally.
3: <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's just like, I think like it will be a challenge in a lot of ways, um, to get people back on campus and to get them going to in-person events and in-person meetings and, and help them feel, I guess, as you will, back to normal um, again. And, um, you know, l- like Emily said, I appreciate you plugging that for us. Our Discord is is really great. Um, we have, I think, like about 100 people in it, so it's a lot. Um, that's where we do our, our weekly meetings. And I definitely like recommend people to like get on there, to stay connected with us and to tell us how they're feeling. Um, you know, let us know what's going on in their lives and kind of what they would like to see and how we can support them now in the, you know, in the pandemic and, you know, how we can support them when everyone returns and, you know, what do they need to see, um, to make them feel welcomed again. And, um, Yeah. I think that's
4: it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with the whole getting burned out on Zoom meetings. Like, I'm, I'm so done with online stuff. Um, but I think it's going to be a hard transition back into actual college life. Like, I don't know how that's going to go yet. Um, but for all, this question is for all three of you again. Um, can you talk about some of the resources for the LGBTQA students that are on campus, like student organizations, support groups, all gender restrooms, et cetera?
3: Um, so, yeah, uh, so there we, we do have quite a bit. Um, and uh, so, you know, obviously we have, and Emily can talk more about this, but the Office of LGBTQA Affairs is a great resource, you know, um, the, the Unicorn Ship Peer Mentor Program is a wonderful group um i i cannot wait until um it's kind of the renewal for it um post pandemic um and so you know that's a great group where you can you know find support find others just like you etc. uh yeah there's all gender restrooms like on the um like right states website specifically you can like find a whole list of like, where those are located. Um, and, um, let's see, Counseling and Wellness Center is a great resource for uh, maybe people, like, uh, LGBTQA people struggling with a pandemic, or honestly, anybody, you know, any student can use that. Um, but I definitely, like, promote that for anyone. Um, and, let's see what else is there rainbow alliance of course is a great resource uh we have like uh we have our discord we have you can connect with us on facebook on instagram um you know direct message me whatever um emails we have our emails available um so yeah and yep i, I can't think of anything else from my end <laughs>
1: I'll jump in Um, just to piggyback off of that. So we've we've spoken about quite a few of them, um, but I also and I do want to mention like our website is really helpful um, if you just go to the right state page, um, if you do write.edu backslash LGBTQA um, or if you just search for us on the site, um, we have lots of different um, lots of information for everyone. Um, including there is, like Jules mentioned, um, the all-gender restrooms are listed on Trans at Right State, um, which is a part of our page, as well as all of the other resources, name change forms, um, that we do name change services with student legal services. Um, we will be soon launching self-report um like identity reporting. So like you can go into your WINGS Express and um, and share your name, your pronouns, um, your um, orientation or identity. Um, so that's, and that's going to be really great for the office. And that's the only people who are going to see it. So me, uh, me and institutional research probably. Um, but we have never captured data on our community on campus before. So um, that's a super cool Thing that's happening that will help us with even more resources.
2: Yeah, that's um, amazing, Emily. That brings a yeah, little tear to my eye. I'm like, so excited. the data. The data.
3: <laughs> yeah, I forget who told me that. I forget if it was you or, or someone else, Emily. But when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, we're moving in the right <laughs> direction. Like we're taking a step forward and it feels so good. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah. And then we'll be able to track for alumni purposes so that we can get folks back involved on campus um, because yeah, right now it's just kind of like so cool. pulling off of Facebook or pulling from yeah. friends, um, which is great, but also like, it would be so much better. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, there's I really like feel like I would overwhelm most folks if I just like went through the whole list. But there's a whole bunch of things out there. Um, I do a lot of trainings across campus. So if um, if anybody's interested in learning more about allyship, um, particularly not just particularly for LGBTQA the LGBTQA community, but also it's it's intersectional, it's inclusive. Um, it's really talking about allyship in multiple ways for multiple communities, depending on who you're interested in being an ally to, honestly. Um, but yeah, so there's tons of, and I'm um, I'm sure Kristen's going to talk a little bit about some of the affinity networks, um, which unfortunately are kind of uh, moving kind of slow right now, just did not translate when you have, groups of smaller groups of people where they get together and hang out and, and support one another. It's hard to do so virtually sometimes. And so, um, yeah, that's slowed down, slowed down a little bit, but we will be bringing those back hopefully in person, um, in the fall. So I look forward to that too, but there's tons, so many things. So I direct everyone to the rep, to the website, um, right.edu backslash LGBTQA.
0: Um, so I had kind of a follow-up question for Jules. Um, one of the things that you were talking about was like the peer mentorship program and the unicornship. ship. Um, so how have, how have you all been able to like run programs like that in the virtual setting? Or is that like all done like through the discord and all of that?
3: Yeah. Um, so that's a good question because um, so the office of LGBTQA affairs and rainbow Alliance are two separate entities um, you know, Rainbow Alliance is the LGBTQA student organization and the office is the office, <laughs> I guess. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I work in, in both worlds kind of thing. But so that specifically, the peer mentorship program is part of the office. And um, I have a discord set up for um, these folks. And um, it has definitely been a challenge working in the virtual setting, just because like we have, you know, limited access or limited availability to having like in-person events and, um, you know, like actually like meeting up. Um, But I have done, you know, the best I could do with the resources that I have. Um, So like we have had a couple or a few um, in-person events uh, that were, you know, like socially distanced Um, You know, obviously masks on, cleaning supplies, whatever. We had to, you know, go through the approval process through the university um, to make sure that we can, you know, actually have this event. Um, And we have like one outing to like a coffee shop um, where, you know, all the regulations were being followed and everything. Um, And then just like a lot of checking in with everyone. So, you know, that's, that can be through emails. Uh, We met a lot through, you know, like the discord video calls Can also be through like FaceTime. Um, You know, a lot of people wanted a break from staring at the screen. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I always like made it clear that, you know, I'm totally available to, you know, meet on campus. We can, um, I don't know, like set out cars in the parking lot, and you, you know, roll our windows down, stay six feet apart, and and just talk about hey, cars if we have to. That's mentorship that's, right you
1: know, there. That's mentorship, right?
3: In the,
1: <laughs> in the times of COVID, right? Literally,
3: <laughs> and so so it's like you know what I I really think it's like you know everyone knows what's best for them, and everyone is an expert of their own experiences. And so, you know, with that being said, like I try and listen to what my mentors and mentees need. Um, you know, if, if, if that is a way to meet face-to-face, like we'll make it happen, we'll be safe, um, we'll figure it out kind of thing. Um, but, you know, most of them definitely wanted to stay virtual and that was okay. So like video calls, um, Discord, uh, et cetera, was definitely
0: the way to go. That's awesome. It's awesome to hear that that you were able to, you know, find a way to keep things going and keep people involved and engaged in the, the you know, like in the best way that you knew that you knew how. Um, I think that's what we're all trying to do in in anything that we're going through right now with with the coronavirus going on is just trying to get by in any way that we know how and do it to the best of our ability. So that's really good to hear. Um, yeah, most definitely. One of the questions, one of the questions that I had for everybody um, is, you know. There is a lot of resources for you know LGBTQA students here at Wright State, but what are some of the what are some of the areas um, that you feel that Wright State can t- can continue to improve on um, in terms of like inclusivity for students and maybe some additional resources that you know that your constituents have talked about wanting to see added to the university that have not happened yet.
3: I have some. Um. <laughs> so some some there's a couple things. Um, one is kind of like. Broad, um, but I really think I, I would like to see more like kind of accountability um, and um, outward support for us. Um, so, like in my experience, I feel like the LGBTQA community on campus has had to do everything kind of alone. Um, it feels like we are often the ones fighting for things like all gender restrooms, inclusive housing, fights against harassment, etc. Um, but right State, um, you know, and, and I do, do believe they're doing, you know, a pretty good job and in, in the best that they can do given their resources. Um, but I I feel like it could be a little bit better. <laughs> um, so, like, mm-hmm. they do not, you know, condemn people who, like, vandalize the Rainbow Alliance designs on the rock, for example. Um, like, most admin and stuff doesn't come to our events and everything and that's you know pre-pandemic and during the pandemic um and then like we also have to be the ones to kind of like reach out to housing administration um, and the um, uh, community community directors and such to help get resources to the students and it, and it isn't until something happens um when they listen to us kind of thing um and so you know like there was Uh, Last semester, there was an incident in housing um, and, you know, they came to us and they were like, you know, this is what's going on. What can we do kind of thing? And I was like, that's great. But like, I feel like we could have kind of prevented that, you know, like just Mm -hmm. just a little bit or at least given everyone the resources they needed so that it wasn't like a problem in that moment kind of thing. Um, and then honestly, like, I also think, and I'm, I'm not sure, like, what Wright State's kind of dealio with this is, um, but, like, safe space training should be mandatory for professors in my personal opinion, um, just because, like, I I personally have had, you know, I'm a psychology major, and I have had teachers use, like, very, like, um, some sometimes, like, slurs and sometimes just, like, derogatory language or not inclusive language. And, um, they, they really do mean well. And, um, you know, every one of them that I've talked to, it's been, it's been really easy and really safe. And, and, um, I was very happy about that. But if they did have, you know, the safe space training and those resources and that tool belt, I feel like those incidents wouldn't have happened, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, Just making it kind of mandatory, making it normalizing safe space and, um, you know, making that not like a taboo subject or not making that a um, big deal, you know, and just just having it kind of thing.
2: (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Having a safe space at school in that capacity where your teachers are trained and have that logo on their syllabi should not be like rolling dice.
3: Most definitely. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Emily, do you have anything that you
0: wanted to add?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've only just begun. Um, so the for the first year or so, I was kind of maintaining. and now that um I am in this role for what I hope is a long while, um, I look forward to improving lots of the things that we do have, but also, yes, to what Jules was speaking of about, um there is a visibility. Um, like we do a lot, obviously we do a lot of work across campus and the community sees it. Um, and, um, and that's, that's who we're there for, but also, um, advocating for cross campus university wide, um, initiatives like safe space, um, and others, so that uh, we can reach, that's the next, that's the next phase, I guess, of the plan for me is so that I can reach other people who are not necessarily in, who don't do this all the time, right? Like who are not culture and identity center staff who are not, um, I mean, just to be honest, like college or liberal arts folks, like we need to get into the other colleges and build relationships and build programs. Um, and um, we, as well as strengthen the things that we already have, like, yes, we have all gender restrooms. Yes, we have gender inclusive housing, but they're not, they're not finished. <laughs> they're not, um, complete. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of education that needs to be done around that. Um, for, and kind of an example, we just had a, um, there was just a student government resolution that went through like a month ago, um, about the all gender restrooms, about expanding those, um, moving forward with an educational campaign to help people understand why we have them, um, why they're important, um, signage and all of that. So, so the students um, are well aware that it's there, but it needs to be better. And so um, that is absolutely one of the goals. Um, but yeah, so just, and just reaching further, reaching wider and um, meeting people, meeting students, faculty and staff where they are. Um, especially, um, those who are, who may be LGBTQA in those communities and colleges, but also those who could, could be better allies.
5: Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I'm glad that you guys are so involved in this. So I'm going to take over now. And, um, my question, uh, revolves around Senate Bill 132. And I just wanted to pause for a second and have you guys explain it for those who may not know what Senate Bill 132 is.
2: Yeah, I have so many things to say about that. That's probably the best purpose that I can serve in this podcast capacity was to have a million things to say about this.
5: Kristen, you can go first.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I looked up a little bit more about it. I've been you know, hearing about a lot of these things in all of the other states, too. Um, this one was drafted by a person, I mean, that in May of 2020 put proposed a bill to reopen Ohio and take away the stay-at-home order right in the middle of, like, the peak of our beginning of this virus here in America. So I don't really feel like anything that is proposed in this bill is, is with health or the public interest at mind or... or has anything viable to say about medicine. So like the bill itself is just kind of, you know, like biological people under the binary have these rights and there's there's no other leeway. So basically the way that my community looks at this is, is a direct attack at trans people and less of like a feminist movement where we're trying to protect women and girls Um, we look at this more as like a politicized moment where kind of, uh, the, the, uh, the current administration is being challenged by ideals of conservatism and, and it's, it's less about protecting people and more about what can we do to control a certain group that we dislike. Mm -hmm. And I I think you can see that really written in the bill. If you look through a lot of the, a lot of the details.
3: Yeah. Um. I have a lot of feelings on it. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to share those right now. You, yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, and um, so one thing um, about the bill to me is that it is very illogical, um, and I, I, I feel like it comes from a place of misunderstanding. Um, you know, they are implying that there is one narrative for being trans. Um, and they have the beliefs that one's genitals and the surgeries and hormone therapy or puberty blockers, et cetera, defines what it means for someone to be trans. Um, you know, and that's very gay, keep, keep- keep-y, right. Um, and represents a true lack of understanding of trans folks and their experiences. You know, we do not know who is and who is not trans by looking at them or even seeing their genitals and measuring their hormone levels. The only way we can know is if they tell us I am trans. And for some trans folks, these things like the surprise or sorry, the surprises, <laughs> the surgeries and the hormones are extremely important to them. And they feel that um, that is what makes them, you know, quote unquote, a girl, a boy, non-binary, whatever. Um, but not every trans folks journey involves these things. And also like the bill begs the question, what happens next for transgender folks? You know, we all know what is going on in Arkansas, where trans youth are being prevented from having access to health care. And it feels like, and, you know, I hear this time and time again, and it is so true, we are going back in time, and we are not creating progressive change. We are creating barriers. And, you know, it's um, also like the bill is reinforcing this false belief that transgender women are not "quote unquote" real women, and that simply is just not the case. Um, so I, I, I deeply, you know, despise this bill, um, and I really wish that it wasn't like this <laughs> currently. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I read really deep into the details of the the, the main five-page part that they they put out. And, and you know, it really doesn't take any consideration into someone's transition at all. It's it's based in biology. So if a person's biological sex is is questioned, regardless, like a, let's go with college athletes, like people who would be competing at Wright State doing um, sports as a transgender person, even if they had fully medically gone through the process of what people consider medical transition and had surgeries. Um, genitals, all of these things, years of HRT since their teens. If if their gender, if their biological sex is called into question, the bill states that they're allowed to go to genetics, like they're allowed to scrutinize and take you to medical, you know, court and mm-hmm. and and define your genetics to find your maleness or femaleness, and and it even lists that. The rules for transgender and intersex people never mentions intersex people once like it's based on whether or not you're biologically male or female to play basketball. You know, it talks about reproductive organs. Do people have to really give a live birth to play basketball? Is, yeah, I think the bill just calls into question things that are completely belligerent, which is what Ohio legislation tends to do.
1: Jules and Kristen hit the nail on the head. I said a lot of these things myself. Um, in the article that Nick was mentioning um, yeah and the and I really want to um, hit home what Kristen said about genetics and about um, the fact that we're not even thinking about like the I can't even put into words um, the prevalence I guess is the word I'm looking for the prevalence of intersex individuals um, and the fact that the the biological binary is is, a figment of our imaginations much like a lot of other things but um and so that that it affects like so many other people um based on that as well um under the guise of um protecting protecting people or providing inclusivity um when it's doing the exact opposite uh clearly
0: that's one of the most interesting things that we talked about um in our email conversation, you know, for the article, Emily was, was just that the, the, the fact that they, that they state that the, that the bill is, you know, built in with inclusivity in mind, yet it excludes an entire, (laughs) you know, an entire (laughs) section of the population. I'm like, wow, that's just very interesting.
1: And that's, and as I mentioned, that is typical of like, um, Mm anti-trans like rhetoric, is this, is we put it, we talk about safety and we talk about protection and we talk about, um, but at the same time, inclusion, which doesn't make sense at all. And. Um,
2: well, and yeah, they want to and, include us. They just want to include us where they want to include us. It's they're gonna take that choice
1: away. From <laughs> and us. They, they want to be in completely um, like rude in the, like completely awful in the process um, by knowing your, your genetics or your reproductive anatomy um oh lord um so yeah that's and how that's usually like um anti-trans is usually based in those kinds of things with that are baseless right that have no i mean that's the mm-hmm. similar argument to bathroom bills and things of that nature um this idea that um that there's a safety issue that um You know against women and children which is always that's just classic classic rhetoric when in reality there is no like there's there's nothing there's no there's no statistics there's no reports there's there's it's baseless um it's a baseless and what i mentioned was you know um legislation harmful or hateful legislation um, that is hidden behind safety and protection when it has more to do with power and control and the discomfort of the privileged. And that's clearly what this bill is.
3: Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and and also like, just like one to reiterate the, reiterate the point that it is very invasive, you know, and it's very emotionally traumatized yes. to have yes. doctors in the public The public these strangers who don't even know you critique and and um what's what's the word i'm looking for not criticize um uh scrutinize scrutinize your your body and your genitalia and your genetics and your hormones and everything and it's like and i you know i asked i asked um cisgender people i you know i'm like wonder if someone did that to you you know like like how how would you feel um, if, if in, you know, if, if you looked a certain way, how would you feel about all these people, um, coming at you, asking you these, these invasive questions, you know, about your genetics and about your genitalia in questioning, oh, is that, is that really like, um, you know, is that really your real this or that, you know, or is, is that your real chest for example is are those your real hormone levels like just just no. weird stuff like that you know um like who, who is asked very emotionally that? traumatized exactly like who who asked that um and like who wants to know you know like it's right. like <laughs>
1: surprisingly,
3: i surprisingly
1: a lot of people like
3: yeah i i don't know like why like why it matters and and i uh, like what Kristen said was like um you know, like, why does it matter if a basketball player can, you know, give birth or not? You know, like, what, what, what okay. does that matter? What does that, what does that say about their basketball skills? Um, and,
2: and again, you know, to tag into your quote, to my quote, what does that say about biological assigned females who can't have children or don't have reproductive ability? Right? Are they um, not a woman enough to play on the sports team?
3: Exactly, and, and like you know, and I also think, um, in you know, our bodies, we we all have very different hormone levels. You know, like some, um, you know, biological or uh, you know the 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 constructed version of a of a female body. Um, that we we some of us have more testosterone than the other kind of thing, you know, and. Some of us have more estrogen, blah, blah, blah. Like, we all have these different levels of, like, circulating hormones and everything. And just, like, I don't know, like, what defines, like, what defines this sex and um, this this construction? Like, what, what defines it? And it's all made up. Again, it's all made
2: up. What the bill really gets the most wrong is, like, there's this huge, you, you know, universal social science debate over, uh, what exactly it, it, how can we define to the world the difference between sex and gender? So like, as we're actively trying to tear that apart, bills like this rely on really old assumptions that that we're not making those assumptions anymore as a scientific body. No one in this, you know, that actually studies this subject looks at it that black and white and the bill assumes that that everybody still does so it's almost it's almost like opinion's fighting science
3: yeah that's yeah that, that's very very true <laughs> we we still hold on to you know we still hold on to this this black and white thinking you know we, we still hold on to what made us comfortable you know what made cisgender people comfortable And
1: yeah, (laughs) so I just wanted to mention like a lot of, um, I mentioned this to Nick in the um, article as well, um, that Equality Ohio, which is the um, LGBTQA plus uh, organization across the state um, has Mm -hmm. a group of folks, a coalition of sorts um, that is working um, in opposition of this bill as well as a couple of others in the state of Ohio um, and so so there are people out there in the community allies of the community um, who are making it known that this is not okay um, that, that we don't support this they're also getting stories um, they're collecting stories and um, for lack of a better word testimonies from folks who um, are affect like, directly affected by um, or would be directly affected by a bill like this um, or who are currently you know, in, in the field, in sports, um, in athletics and what that means to them as well. Um, so I just wanted to mention that there is, there is work being done um, and uh, some of us here are part of that. Um, and so I thought that was uh, important to note that um, there is work being done
5: yeah absolutely and that does kind of uh segue into the next question emily so uh thank you for that um how is rainbow alliance and the lgbtqa community at Right state involved uh specifically in raising awareness and taking a stance against the bill
3: um so i can speak for rainbow alliance most definitely um so like I said, we have a uh, large presence on Discord. And um, so we like, we have like this, this little, let's like, say, these channels. Um, and we have like a political question channel, um, news ish channel, um, you know, a whole bunch of different channels where you can put articles, um, links articles and. Your thoughts and opinions on uh, bills that are being enacted and stuff like that. Um, So, you know, everyone is always welcome to, you know, share their opinions on that um, and share what news they do hear. So, we definitely like to keep an open discussion um, and a um, very uh, safe discussion through those channels. Um, And also, just like staying informed. Uh, so like Emily said, there's like the, um, different various groups that are working to stop this bill. And, um, I personally have attended, um, you know, one of their meetings regarding the bill and what they're like doing and everything. Um, so it's, uh, we got people in Rainbow Alliance during one of the meetings to write letters or emails to send to legislators, um about this bill specifically um, and also another bill. Um, so you know getting rainbow lines participants and eborn members
5: and cabinet members involved specifically is helpful. That's great. That sounds very really helpful. Yeah, most definitely. So I kind of want to bring the conversation to and talk a little bit more about how those outside the LGBTQA community, Uh, can work to become better allies uh, to, you know, peers who are suffering from anti-LGBTQA litigation and anti-LGBTQA rhetoric and acts?
3: (laughs) Um, That's a cute question. I I like questions about how to be a better ally. Um, So I have a little, we we actually just had, or trans-day visibility meeting, Uh, March thirty first, so that was a couple Wednesdays ago, um, and we had like a couple sides on like allyships and stuff, and I, um, decided to make an acronym called Real, um, so um, it it would be like you know just listening is definitely important, you know, educating, um, and. Actually, let, let me let me find all that information and I'll, I'll get back to you.
2: <laughs> Try to remember how similar we are. Like if you're an ally, that's a, very, that's a very queer straight thing to do though, right? Like most straight people, if you would ask them out there in the, the big scary world, wouldn't really stand up and put their own personal safety in line um, for, for a person that they don't know just because they're a queer or a different in some way. I feel like allies are out. You have to be out to be an ally. And it, and it is a brave thing to do. It's just like coming out as a queer. You have to suck up all this energy of yourself and throw it out there that that you represent this different thing that a lot of other people don't. And as an ally, that's exactly what you're saying. You're standing up to other straight people and you're saying, hey, I won't take that. I I, I feel this different way about this different thing. And it's... It's a bravery you need to work on. Just, just look in the mirror and remember how similar we are that way and how we're both so brave and that together we're going to do this thing. Like, it's not just about sexual orientations and genders. It's about equalization of humanity. It's about people being one. And the sooner we realize how much alike we are, I think we could get over the differences. I, I like that. that I like the way that you stated that. That's awesome. Thank you so much.
3: Yeah, I I found um, I found what I needed to say. (laughs) Um, I I like I forgot my own (laughs) my own acronym. I forgot. (laughs) So, um, real is is the acronym. um, How to be a trans ally the real way. So respect. You do not have to have the same experience as someone to respect them. You know we often invalidate others' experiences just because we have never experienced it ourselves or we don't believe it can be someone else's experience. And then educate, E, um, share your knowledge with others and encourage them to learn. You know, it's important to educate others, but also make sure that your information is correct. Stay up to date on trans issues and terms. Um, A, advocate, so speak up, vote for a politician to support trans rights, you know, interact with social media on trans rights and when a member of the trans community speaks to be be sure to listen and learn from them and then um also
2: you know learn
3: so learn from and again listen to what trans people have to say with an open mind and i i definitely agree with Kristen about how you know it, it's important to remember that like you know we are all people like statistically we share you know a lot of our dna humans (laughs) and the human beings do um you know almost a hundred percent and so like (laughs) (laughs) literally and so um it's like why why do we think we're so like we should definitely like recognize our differences and appreciate and embrace those differences but also like we're like biologically speaking we're very very alike you know <laughs> and so um yeah just like just like remember that like you're speaking human to human you know you're not speaking to you know someone who can't think abstractly so just like just remember that
1: <laughs> um i honestly i have nothing this is why i this is why i keep these these lovely students around me, right, like that, <laughs> doing my job for me right there. Um, but truly, coming directly from people who—not um, that I don't experience it as well—but truly, directly coming from folks who um, <clears throat> who are in the community, especially students who are in the community, and speaking to what they what they want and need. Um, following what, what we in the LGBTQA um, affairs area call the Platinum Rule, um, treating others, we all know the golden rule, right? Treating others the way we want to be treated. Um, so we take it one step further and we say the Platinum Rule, um, treating others the way they want to be treated. Um, so um, both Kristen and Jules have spoken to that um, that slogan, that saying, um that ideal, let's say even. Um so yeah, I I totally, I agree with everything that they've said, like for real. This is why um they do what they do on our campus.
2: Well we yeah, learn we learn from you all. So there you go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> literally couldn't do it without you I mean literally couldn't <laughs>
1: okay, okay enough enough. No I'm just <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, Emily, literally everybody that I talked to um, about this article this week, when I had mentioned that I was going to be speaking with you, it was just nothing but praise.
1: Oh so if
0: that says anything about your work here i Right State, <laughs> the things that you dedicate your time to, people, really, people here really do appreciate you and love you and, and are appreciative of the things that you're doing. So
2: well, I will go ahead you. and
0: echo that for, for everybody that I spoke <laughs> with this week as well.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it. I do she everything for like my community. Animal. So yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, with that being said, I think I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. This is like the longest episode we've ever done. I love it. <laughs> it had, had some we, great conversations we love to talk. Today, so Clearly,
1: awesome. we like to talk around. Tell us, tell love us uh, you it. know, Let's invite us in. We-
0: <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the last question here that I almost forgot to ask. Um, do you all drink coffee? And if you do drink coffee, how do you take your coffee?
2: Wow, oh you, asked, you asked a mythical, magical question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I can go. I don't know about the students, but um, I actually gave up coffee recently. <laughs> Me
5: too, um, Emily. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I my body was like, forget that. So I don't drink coffee, um, but I do drink um, tea, tea lattes. I've been drinking lots of tea. I like chai um, and I love London Fog recently. So sorry, coffee lovers, but
0: tea <laughs> all the way. <laughs> I love chai tea too. This stuff is delicious.
3: I, I also, like just recently, like I used to drink coffee like every day. Um, and unfortunately, I just, my stomach is, is not strong at all. It's, it's weak. <laughs> and so I cannot, I cannot take coffee. Anymore. Sometimes I like have it like at Starbucks or something. But I I really when I did get coffee though I I really like the sugar down coffee. Like I am a wimp. I cannot do oh, yeah. like straight up black coffee. Um, Jamie can, and I'm like I don't know how you do it. Um,
0: but so <laughs> Claire said so, like, add all the sugar.
3: <laughs> yes, yes, that's me. I'm like add all the sugar. Like put extra pumps of cream. <laughs> like like I mean I mean So yeah. <laughs> Sugary coffee is the way to go.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I'm over here bumping my laptop, unplugging it and messing up. I'm a coffee <laughs> freak, yo. I have latte machine <laughs> here. We make almond cream lattes quite often. Oh, yeah. Um i I have a Keurig, so I just make like a simple little cup if I want one on the go and then we have lattes at home every night. It's it's like a decadent, it's like a decadent Roman high we get on over here, <laughs> worshiping the coffee gods. But no, I really should drink less coffee. I get, I get it. It's just, a, <laughs> it's just a yeah. You might as well if you if you love something, you invest in it <laughs> until it hurts right. you and stains your teeth, right? And then you're done, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: and gives you the jitters.
2: It it really
3: (laughs) increases your anxiety by a thousand percent, especially if you already have it. What? I
2: didn't know. I'm over here more anxious (laughs) than the.
3: What? Oh, you're relatable.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and and wrap things up. I just wanted to, to thank you all once again for being here and taking time out of your day to speak with us, especially on Sunday. Um, You could have been sitting at home, relaxing, doing something else, but instead you're sitting here educating us and, and talking about really important topics. So from the bottom of my heart, I really do appreciate it. And thank you all so much for being here. Um, I wanted to thank, you know, Claire and Holly for being here uh, for so many episodes this season already as well. We have a couple more before I will be out of here and Claire will be out of here um, with graduation. So be on the lookout for those and check our social medias at WSU guardian on Literally everything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok. We're all over the place. Um, What are some of the social medias that you guys want to plug as well?
3: Uh, I definitely want to plug Rainbow Alliance's uh, Facebook. Uh, I think we are WSU.Rainbow.Alliance. That might also be our Instagram. I I get them mixed up, (laughs) but you can definitely find us. Um, you, You can look us up. You'll, you'll find us somewhere, um, but our Facebook and Instagram, and then our Discord. If you're interested in joining the Discord, I don't really think we have, like, the link, like, public anywhere, um, but just send, like, shoot me an email. Uh, you can look up our emails on, like, Engage. Um, Drews, who the president, is on there, um, and I think, like, uh, Kirsten's my feed somewhere, the vice president, and the treasurer. Everyone's on there. <laughs> so, yeah, just, like, email us if you want to join the Discord.
2: Yeah, and um, Tyga is like a private group. You can always email me at brewer.157 at write.edu for any information about joining the group or having anything to do with that group. And um, I write about feminist things and queer things and trans things at kristen'scloset.blog. You can visit my WordPress and see the little stuff I write. I put a lot of my academic papers there and things that I write for class, for literature class. And we explore gender rebellion and lots of different things.
1: Um, yeah, the um, LGBTQA also has a Discord. And <laughs> I was trying to figure out what it was called. Um, so hard to remember all of these things. Um, so right State U LGBTQA Affairs. I know that's a long one, so you can always uh, ask. Check me out. Um, we have a Facebook page. um Again, if you just put in, right, say LGBTQA, like many of these things will come up. Um, I just restarted our Instagram page. Um, so, yeah, all of the usuals. Um, but, yeah, the, the Discord is really, I think, the best, especially Rainbows. I jump on Rainbows all the time, too. So.
2: And I'm on Rainbows Instagram all day, yo
3: nice i also forgot to add i i can put my email since i'm right here um so mine is like nailer n-a-y-l-o-r dot 26 at edu. um if you accidentally do jamie's you know she's my sister so if you do 20 29 (laughs) she'll get it to me so don't worry about missing that
0: well thank you all so much once again for being here i also wanted to say check out Um, WWSU 106.9 where this episode will be going live on Monday if you're listening to it Um, and it will also be replaying on the following Friday Um, we have our show on there um, twice a week and we also have Maxwell Patton right life reporter has his own show the music the musically right podcast um, which airs on Mondays right before this show at four o'clock every week as well so be sure to check those out um wwsu does really great things over there for the campus community um on the radio station so be sure to check out them as well and with that um, we're going to go ahead and end this episode so thank you so much for being here everyone thank you so much for everybody that's listening Um, i hope you enjoy the rest of your day bye everyone goodbye thank you
5: Bye. Bye. bye